Hello, fair listeners, to The Documenteers, the podcast about documentaries where we discuss documentaries because we love documentaries and we rate documentaries, and we have fun when we do it. You're damn right. I'm your host, Bob Sham, here to intro yet another one. I'll be doing this every goddamn time, as I'm sure you figured out. And in this episode today, Angela joins me. That's right, it's going to get a little too crimey, but also it features, I guess, one of the new monsters out there. He's been real hot for several years now. We're talking about the documentary by Irene Taylor Brodsky that came out on HBO about uh, 2016, a couple years ago from now, called Beware the Slender Man. And it is about these kids that hurt another kid in the name of Slender Man because they believe in Slender Man. And why? Why did this happen? What is this all about? Who is Slender Man? But next week, giving you time, I'll tell you what's happening next week. We are discussing another creepy, spooky film. We are discussing a 30 for 30 film. That means Drew will join me. Winning time, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks. That's right. A scary, scary movie. It might not be scary to you, but get this. Drew is a Knicks fan. And if you're a Knicks fan and you remember 90s basketball, then every once in a while you'll wake up in a cold sweat. And Drew has told me this privately, but this happens sometimes. Sometimes he pees himself too. You'll have these dreams where... Reggie Miller's just nailing these deep threes, right? And he's drinking the tears of Patrick Ewing or riding John Starks like a horse or bending Spike Lee over his his knee and paddling him. And Spike Lee, of course, my favorite New York Knicks. But if you're a Knicks fan, winning time, Reggie Miller versus the New York Knicks, it's creepy, man. It is a horror story. And uh, I hope Drew doesn't get too freaked out and run out of the studio when we're recording it. Look that up. You can rent 30 for 30s. I've got a pretty sweet box set that looks like a locker. I enjoy it quite a bit, and I get to watch every single one of them in due time. But that is next week. This week, Irene Taylor Brodsky's Beware the Slender Man with Angela and I. This episode features, get this, our first ad. But it's unique. It's a unique advertising angle. We're all about experimenting here on The Documenteers. So you'll just have to listen on to the episode. So let's get into this movie, Beware the Slender Man, by Eileen Taylor Brodsky. Keep on docking. Now, here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Oh, should I travel through the woods? Or should I not, wishing I would? For above me lurks within the trees. No one could hear my deathly screams. The palest man, the blackest suit, bigger than the tallest brute. Six black arms will grab you up, or stalk you till you just give up. He'll leave your body not to eat, but to staple your corpse upon a tree. Fear the man, the slender man, for he can do what no one can. October. 
Happy October. Oh, here in the second week of October. <laughs> Creeptober. We're watching Ooh. creepy movies, creepy documentaries all sure October are. long. Angela, how you doing? I got a massage today. Cool. So I'm feeling relaxed. Did you get a happy ending? No. Had to. Has you ever been offered one? No. You say that incredulously. You're not going to the right places. I'll recommend some places. I was going to say, I think I've never gone to anywhere that that would be an option. And I'm okay with that. Now, Angela, the documenteers, we're very slowly and surely growing our audience bit by bit. We got some loyal ass listeners out there. They're a small but proud crew. And more and more each week, ticking up, ticking up, ticking up. Soon, we'll be all over this country like smallpox, all over the world like smallpox. This shit's going global. And one thing, a strategy that I have developed to help us spread out like a virus is what I call preemptive ads. Okay. Is what you do. You play an ad. The company doesn't know you're going to play that ad. You play that ad, and then the company is so grateful that they just start throwing money at you. Now, a lot of podcasts, they're like, oh, Squarespace or MailChimp or what the fuck ever. Those companies, I'm sure they're fine. Audible, you know. This preemptive ad strategy I have, I'm going to go for the big guns. Go for the big boys. Oh, yeah? Okay. So this is the very first commercial ad for the documenteers. So strap in and get ready. I'm ready. Hi, I'm Jared the Subway Guy, and this is my story. Young guy eats too much junk food and gains a lot of weight. Guy changes his life by eating at Subway twice a day and walking a lot. Guy loses over 200 pounds and keeps weight off for 17 years. Guy now has two kids and even more reason to pass on better eating habits to young people everywhere. This is my story. Ready to write yours? Subway, eat fresh. Cool, that Jared guy. He uh, lost a lot of weight uh, eating delicious Subway sandwiches. And you can get seven sandwiches for six grams of fat or less, as well as uh, some $5 footlongs. So we'll just stare at our mailbox and wait for checks from Subway to start pouring in. I feel feel like... um... The best thing about Jared also... He's an inspiration. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I, Bobby, I feel like there may be a hole in your history. I haven't watched the news in eight years. With uh, what's going on with Jared Did more he get recently. Skinnier? But um, I don't know if he's gotten skinnier. Maybe prison food. What are you talking about? I may get some of these facts wrong, but I'm pretty sure There's Jared no got there... arrested for child pornography. What? good person i don't think that we should mention him or have a commercial about him i'm looking at jared right now prison does not look like the kind of environment that uh he would thrive in good just just based on his looks good we've already played the commercial oh man and i'm sure subway is fine with it if only there was such a thing as a delete button no or like editing um but regardless subway eat fresh Okay. Subway Eat Fresh. Subway Eat Fresh. Thank you, Subway, for preemptively sponsoring our podcast. I just don't want Subway to sue us for saying that they're still tied with Jared. Why would they sue us? I'm saying that everyone needs to go to Subway and eat their delicious sandwiches. They have seven sandwiches that are six grams of fat or less. Did you fucking know that? Yeah. You know they have $5 fucking footlongs? Did you fucking know that? Yeah. Did you know they used to put yoga mats in their bread? 
Look, I can't have anyone while I'm running ads for Subway talk shit about Subway, okay? I apologize. Subway is only second in my heart to Werner Herzog. You know, that's better. Than you. That's better. I'm sure Werner loves Subway. <laughs> I'm sure Werner I'm loves sure Subway. I'm sure he doesn't. You'll get it once the checks start rolling in. I mean, hey, you send those checks in Subway and I'll, I don't know what I'll do, but <laughs> I can't eat at Subway. <laughs> Stop saying that. I love Subway. Thank you. <laughs> Subway, eat fresh. <laughs> eat fresh. All right. The movie we're talking about today, true crime oh, man. and modern folklore collide. And this film about a stabbing in the name of a fictional being. Or is he fictional? Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Uh, we're talking about the film Beware the Slender Man by Irene Taylor Brodsky. It's an HBO original from 2016. Yes. See if you have HBO Go, you can watch it there. I know Amazon Prime has some HBO selections too. It might be on there. Just check it out. We watched this when it first came out and I've been wanting to revisit it. I didn't remember everything about it. I don't know why. I, this is a shocking one. It wasn't I, as funny the second time. It actually gave me weird dreams after we watched it. Oh, yeah. Did you have weird slender dreams? Been actually having weird dreams ever since we watched it. I don't think I've told you that, but I've been having weird dreams ever since we watched Beware the Slender Man. So maybe he's stalking me. Ooh, but you're not a child. I'm not a child. Yes, Beware the Slender Man by Irene Taylor Brodsky. She, she's been around Oscar nominated, Emmy nominated. I think she won some Emmys. She's directed uh, films such as The Final Itch. Saving Pelican 895. And uh, one of her, I think her debut feature is a movie called Here and Now, which was a documentary about her parents who are both hearing impaired and they go through a procedure to, and they hear sound for the first time. Whoa, I've never heard of any of those. That sounds interesting. It makes me think of that video that makes me cry every single time. The little baby who gets the, the implant. Yeah, and yeah. hears his mother's voice for the first time. Hi, sweetie. Could you hear that? <laughs> Hi. I know. I feel like I'm going to start doing up just thinking about it. I can see his face. It's so one of my favorites. It's like it's like a good cry. It really makes you like, man, life's pretty cool sometimes. Hi. Have you ever seen the video about the woman who rescued, I think it was a raccoon? from like a golf course who got hit in the head with a golf ball. Took one look at him and I said, I got it. I understand now why we're together. I was the one chosen. And I understand that you are a real trooper. You don't want to die, you want to live and there's a purpose. And this raccoon loves her so much, it like thinks that, he, that she's its mother. Aww. It's the sweetest thing in the Doesn't world. Doesn't it like walk kind of sideways? Like mm -hmm. He's got like neurological damage because oh, yeah. of it, but she like rehabilitated him. Anyway, that's another one that if you want a good cry, I'll show you later. It's, it's, we love that people are out there being good. Yeah. And we love that there's goodness in this world because, you know, you don't hear enough about it. Truth. And uh, people being good to animals and I feel like I'm going to cry. We haven't even gotten into let's, this movie. Let's jump into the movie <laughs> because this movie starts out... At the very beginning, it gets it's a little artsy at the very top. There's some clips throughout of Slenderman videos and drawings and stuff, and that's fascinating. I love that they put that all through. At the beginning, though, we get a video, and I don't know if this came from YouTube or something that was created for the movie, but it's running, 
a la Blair Witch through the woods. Very shaky. And then it does show a, a white-faced man in a suit, which is the classic, like, Slender Man image is a man, sometimes an extraordinarily tall man. Sometimes he's got very long arms and very long legs, but he's always wearing a suit. Always has a completely white head. Sometimes there's a, a blank head yeah. sometimes there's what look to be almost wounds but no facial features at all is what i'm saying none of these videos feature the real slender man the real slender man has yet to be caught on video as far as i know but i will say right now this is one of the most fascinating stories to me because a lot of times with urban legends these different stories that you hear you know, hook hand man attacking kids in a car who are making out like all these things. You don't know the origin of them. We know the origin of this guy. We're going to get into it, but we know where he came about. We know there's nothing factual that this is based on. But the next thing after that first video is the a fabulous true detective style intro. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Lot Lizards intro. A little melodramatic. I didn't care for it. I I've just, I don't like those kind of intros. I don't either. It's overdone. After this True Detective intro, we jump straight into Ambulance, and we are in it on the day that the shit went down. May 31st, 2014. Uh, this movie was only released two years after this occurred. Yeah, this was in Waukesha, Wisconsin. A 12-year-old girl has been stabbed. It tells you right off the bat. And two 12-year-old girls have been taken into custody, Anissa Weir and Morgan Geyser. I don't know if we find out at this point her name, but I will go ahead and say the 12-year-old that was found stabbed's name is Peyton. Oh, they haven't found Anissa Weir and Morgan Geyser at this point. They're searching for them, but they know who they're looking for. Yeah, they're eventually found just walking down the highway alone. We see footage of Morgan and Anissa being interviewed by detectives in a police room. Yeah, throughout this whole movie. There's no, like, parents or anything like that. There's no, no lawyering or anything involved. No, it's a room. It's all being videotaped, but it's just the girl and the detective every time. Morgan says, I didn't want to do this. Why would you do it then? Uh, I was afraid of what would happen if I didn't. Anissa says that she's scared of Slender Man. And then it goes back and forth as they describe him. It's much like you said, he's wearing like a suit. He's tall and skinny. Sometimes tendrils come out. Uh, Morgan says that he can teleport, which is cool. Anissa also acknowledges, though, that Slender Man originated as a creepypasta. Yeah. And then the detective at some point asks, you know, what is a creepypasta? And Anissa even explains that, you know, it's it's horror stories that are online. These are stories. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of creepypasta. Creepypasta is where people who want to tell scary stories but can't write. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. it's a, it's got a pretty wide audience, but it seems like a lot of preteen and teenagers go to creepypasta. Yeah, there are very specific websites. Um, is creepypasta actually a website? I don't think it is. Like some of this stuff is found on like 4chan. Different artwork related to Slenderman specifically I know is on web pages like DeviantArt and places like that, but Creepypasta is a website. Okay. But creepypasta is also a word used to describe mm -hmm. regurgitated and remade horror fiction that's shown online yeah later we meet an expert on just online interaction or, or interaction and, and 
things that go kind of viral in society. And he basically compares it to a meme to the fact that it's a story that is shared so much and over and over and over and over again that it's like a story that can go viral, which is what happened with Slenderman. They're shared amongst their friends. But Slenderman has kind of, dare I say, he's like the superstar of Creepypasta. He's, uh, what would you compare him to? He's like the Mission Impossible franchise of the Sleepy Pasta. Yeah. No, Creepy Sleepy. Sleepy, sleepy Pasta is my website <laughs> where I just talk. Where you, you eat a bunch asleep. of pasta and you fall asleep. So we also find out in these conversations that it was Morgan who stabbed Peyton. Apparently right before the stabbing happened, Anissa said, go ballistic, go crazy. And then Morgan stabbed Peyton 19 times with a five inch blade we should go ahead and also say because we do learn fairly early on that peyton is not dead peyton survived this right when she was found she was found alive but she was obviously in a lot of pain and she was in the hospital for a while recovering from this um but she did recover but you know these girls when they were found walking away from this stabbing they told the detectives that the reason they were walking down the interstate is because they were on their way to slender man's mansion that they did this to this little girl to please slender man we also find out at this point that they're looking at being tried as adults for this crime and facing up to 65 years in prison which immediately seemed like a lot to me because they didn't actually kill her and they were 12 years old it seemed quite intense in that moment. Obviously, we'll hash out what we learn moving forward. We see pictures of Peyton in this movie and like some video footage of Peyton, but we don't get any accounts of her family or any classmates or anybody else who was connected to Peyton. No. So it's a little easy, even though you're conscious that something bad has happened to Peyton, it's pretty easy to kind of remove her from it because everything is just so focused. The kids you see the most are these girls that committed this horrible act. But most of the time you're seeing them, they look very vulnerable, very confused. They're young. Most of the time we see them like in a courtroom or in a interrogation room. Right. And that is a really good point. So obviously these girls who committed the crime are in the courtroom when we, when we see them. But Peyton did not testify on her own behalf. Another detective interviewed Peyton, and that detective speaks on her behalf at the trial. So basically they're asking her, and we don't actually get into the trial. It's basically when they're trying to figure out how to charge them. We don't actually see the trials in this, but we do go back and forth between the girls being interviewed by detectives and then some court footage where they're trying to decide how to charge these girls. We see some old footage of baby Morgan. Morgan. As a little uh, girl. I mean, she's still a kid at the point of this movie, but we see her as like a little toddler running she's around. She's so cute, too. Got a bucket on her head. She's adorable. Yep. And we speak to Morgan's mom. Morgan was just so quirky. She did her own thing, and she wasn't the kind of kid that was concerned with what people thought of her, mm -hmm. and which is unusual for a kid, but maybe not so unusual as we learn more about Morgan. Her mom said that Morgan always surprised her parents in that she didn't react the way you would expect her to react to things also. For example, when they saw Bambi, and spoiler, when Bambi's mother I dies. I haven't seen it. <laughs> when Bambi's mother dies. We made it, Mother. We... Mother. 
most children get upset by that the first time they see it. I f- I'm sure I was upset by it. Uh, but Morgan sure. wasn't. Morgan wasn't upset by it. She just her, her yelled. Her response was, run, Bambi, save yourself. Exactly. I felt like Morgan was making a practical reaction because she understood that Bambi's mother was already gone. If Bambi turned around to check on the mother, you'd lose Bambi. She understood. It's like, look, Bambi, it's tragic, but you got to keep going, Bambi. You got to keep going. Save yourself, Bambi. I'm with Morgan. Okay. Let's see if you stay with Morgan. Now, Mom... <laughs> Mom was aware of uh, Morgan's Slenderman interest, but she didn't think much of it. It's like when she was a kid and you go to little Girl Scout camps by the fireplace. And I went to, uh, this is for real, I went to an asthma camp. <laughs> it was a different, it was an asthma camp all summer, but for like two weeks, they called it asthma camp. Little asthmatic kids, <laughs> asthmatic fat kids would go to this camp. <laughs> but we had a dude named- played video games together. <laughs> That was what we were allowed to do. No, we rode horses and shit. And, oh, that's cool. And caught frogs, but and ate a lot of candy, but uh, <laughs> and threw up because asthmatics love to vomit. Uh, no, <laughs> that's not a thing. But um, we had crowbar man. That was our guy. He was a guy that had like a he was missing a hand. And he had a crowbar for a hand. Whoa. And he lived in the woods back there. As we know from our last episode, Never Sleep Again, The Nightmare on Elm Street Legacy, that I watched a lot of slasher movies at a young age, so I wasn't that scared. I was more fascinated by it. Her mom did not like Slender Man, but also thought it was harmless and truly did not think that her daughter believed it was real. Are there any moms out there that are like, you know what? I like Slender Man. Maybe. I think he's neat. I know women my age are a little bit younger who like are still obsessed with things like Nightmare Before Christmas and like <laughs> right. stuff like that. And so at some point we do see, this is kind of skipping forward, but we do see an image of like Jack Skellington and Slender Man like right next to each other and they sort of look the same. We also see footage of Anissa Weir as a toddler with her mom. Bring back. Bring back. Oh, bring back my Bonnie to me. And they're singing Bring Back My Bonnie, uh, one of your favorites. It is, actually. And Anissa's dad is watching videos of her. His name is Bill. We see him walking around her bedroom, and he's like, nobody uses the bed while she's gone. He keeps her bed pretty pristine. Yeah, he said the only one really in there is her cat, Tiger. He talks about the iPad time. Anissa was obsessed with the iPad, and he talked about how he tried to monitor her iPad time, but he kind of regrets it because she just got lost in that. And I see we're, we're not parents. We don't have to deal with this, but we're seeing a lot of parents out there. And we're in this age of technology, and I could see them struggle. I think a lot of the parents kind of understand that maybe it's not a good thing if a kid's up in their iPad all the time. But an iPad can provide like an educational thing, like watching educational television. And also, it can shut the kid up when you need to shut the kid up for like a limited amount of time. That's true. He also does make the point, though, that the reason she had it truly was for school. Because he talks about this later with his younger son. He doesn't want him to get one, but they, the school they go to at a certain grade level, you are required to have one. And I think the school even may give it to you. And part of the reason she would be on it was FaceTiming for school projects. But he did say that 
he didn't understand what he could have possibly done more because they had an open door policy. He checked in on her constantly. And then you can tell that they must have asked him to talk about Slender Man. And he just said, I don't want to talk about Slender Man. My focus is Anissa, not Slender Man. That's yeah. what he said. Yeah. Wisconsin law says that they must be charged as adults. I haven't looked into that law, but it seems kind of weird. But we have to take uh, another commercial break and uh, just hold on here while we hear from our sponsors. Jared's always been an inspiration. Now it seems a lot of people are joining the team. Feeling fine, it's a great time. We're a Subway family now. We love Jared, the Subway's taste. Come and join us, it's not too late. Subway has seven delicious sandwiches with just six grams of fat or less, including our new tasty honey mustard turkey with cucumber with just four grams of fat. The only thing that's missing is you. Subway, eat fresh. Doesn't he just sound like a creep? Was that him talking? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, then, sorry, man, who did that. You didn't hear Jared on that commercial, but he does show up in it. Gross. Um, Uh, Subway Fresh. Now, six hours after the stabbing, we see Anissa in custody with blood on her shirt. I did want to say that the reason they're supposedly being tried as adults is because they're being charged with attempted first-degree murder, but that the lawyers are trying to fight that. Morgan asked... Do you know what happened to Bella? What about Bella? Is Bella your friend? Mm-hmm. She's the, she's not Anissa. She's the one who was stabbed. She seems very flat mm-hmm. when she talks. She she's not conveying a lot of emotions. Is she dead? As people who watch too much true crime, we throw around the S word a lot. You know what the S word is? Sociopath. Oh sure. I don't know, but it seems like this kid's a little cold. Her mother has acknowledged that she does not react emotionally to things that kids usually cry about. I would remind again that sociopath, though, is that you are this way because of something that has happened to you in your life. Psychopath is when you're just born without feelings. Not without feelings, but you know what I mean. That's the only difference? Mm -hmm. Psychopath, you're going to be that way no matter what. Sociopath is due to something that's happened to you in your life. I was just wondering... And so far as we know, nothing's really happened to her. Anissa asks the detective. (laughs) Can I ask a quick question? Sure. I just wanted to know how far I walked because I'm usually not very athletic and (laughs) just want to know. Okay. Do you know how far that would be? I assume she's got a Fitbit. She's trying to get her steps in. And uh, she wanted to walk to this park, Nicolette Park in Wisconsin. I thought maybe it was a park in town. They said it was a four-hour drive. Yeah, that's well over 300 miles. And so the reason they were going to that specific park is because that's where Slender Man's mansion was supposed to be. Her asking this, like, she actually said, I just want to know how far I went because I'm usually not very athletic. It just speaks to how she's just a child. She's very easily removed from the gravity of the situation. Or is she just grasping at anything else she can think or talk about? There was a sleepover. There were only three girls at this sleepover. Morgan and Peyton had actually known each other since the fourth grade. They'd been friends for a while. Anissa was newer to this group. They had just met that year at school. As far as we can tell, I don't think Anissa had a whole lot of friends before this. And I don't think Peyton really did either, but Bella was somebody that she had hung out with in the past. You get the feeling that Morgan's trying to deflect a lot right now. Like she she's putting on a little bit of a lie. Like she can't she has to acknowledge that she's involved, but you get the feeling like she's trying to push a lot of it off. It seems like they're both blaming the other one. Neither one of them is taking responsibility. They're both admitting that they were there, but it was the other one's idea. 
they're being asked about Slender Man by the detective. Uh, Morgan's like, well, he's everywhere. And then she asks, why do you need to know about Slender Man? Yeah, and he says, you know, well, we think he was involved in what happened. Morgan does share with them that she sees him in her dreams. And when he's stalking you, you see him. Anissa said that Morgan had suggested that we they should be proxies <laughs> and that we should kill Bella. It goes back and forth. It seems like in the beginning, Anissa is like totally down to do this stabbing. Yeah. But Morgan, in the end, Morgan's the one that does all the dirty work. We'll go deeper into yeah, it. Yeah, it's, so, it's all back and forth, back and forth. But apparently the reason they want to be a proxy is because it means you get to live in Slender Mansion in the middle of Nicolette National Park. And Slender Man basically protects you and you sort of work for him. I mean, I'm not like a 12-year-old uh, trying to assert rationality yeah, where there there's is there's not. None. I think there's not a whole lot of but it. But it just, I think through an adult mind, it does not make much sense. And if it did make sense to me, I would be fucking insane. Right. So it's good that it doesn't. So this happened in <laughs> what, what did we say, March? They say at this point that they'd been planning it since December. When they say, like, why her? Morgan says that Bella was actually picked by the man. Morgan's not really saying Slender Man. She keeps calling him the man. The man. My man. And then Anissa said that it was necessary. Like they, they both are just we. It had to happen. We get a lot of we get some random Skype setups. Oh yeah. And uh, I forget their names. It's not important, but we get a collage of people just describing how Slenderman collects connects the folklore and how he's just another version of a lot of things we've had throughout our history. Yeah, and then they show, and and then talking with these people, they're also showing a lot more of these videos. Like, there's this really cool one where Slenderman looks like a spider crawling up the side of a building. Yeah, that's probably the best really one. There's some really artistic stuff going that on. That was the best one. I hated, I honestly hated most, most of them. Most of them are terrible, but some of them, a few are more artistic. There's a video game that Bobby mentioned as well. There's a guy that basically compares him to a modern boogeyman. And he connects with lonely people. We find out here that the first post- of Slenderman was only on June 10th of 2009. Do you know about the contest? There was like a contest to create a scary story. Like, was the contest to actually create a character like this? I actually tried to find the first piece of fiction. What the guy said was it was by someone named Victor Surge, whose real name is Eric Nudson, and it was on June 10th, 2019, or 2009, I'm sorry. It was part of a competition to try to create something that looked real. So yeah, something scary, but make it look real. Yeah, yeah. So I think then it was maybe an image, that first one, but I you weren't able to find it. Because it's this is meme culture shit, yeah. and it's constantly copied and regurgitated. Like, you put in Slenderman, and you just got a cavalcade of bullshit. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's I, all this fan art. I could maybe parse through it if I thought to do that before we started fucking recording. There's but too much. I will. There are some. Um, there are some super creepy stuff even within there, though. I got really creeped out by kind of after these interviews are done. They're still showing some of these clips, and there's this one of like a little girl walking through the woods with Slenderman, and there's a young girl's voice reading a poem. Oh, should I travel through the woods? Or should I not wishing I would? And it's just very wistful. But talking about like <laughs> Slender Man's gonna come and get you and nail you up to a tree and murder you. But at the same time, there's like this imagery of almost like that Frankenstein little girl moment where he is actually sweet to, he's a monster, but he's sweet to this little girl. Fear the man, the Slender Man, for he can do what no one can. 
And so there's almost this idea that he doesn't really want to kill the children. He wants to protect them. And that's what you were talking about a moment ago. Now, there's an obvious connection between the Slender Man and one uh, brother's grim tale. The yes. story of the Pied Piper. The Pied Piper, I imagine, looks like a cross between Matthew McConaughey and an elf. <laughs> but the story of the Pied Piper goes a little something like this. Cue whimsical folklore music. In this town, there's a bunch of rats. The townsfolk is like, how are we going to get rid of all these fucking rats? And then a guy with a, a pipe, musical flute thing, shows up and he's like, yo, you pay me gobs and gobs of money or $5 footlongs at your local subway, <laughs> eat fresh for life, and I will get rid of all these rats. And the royalty in town are like, hell yeah, bruh, get rid of those rats. He blows on his little flute and all the rats come out of their holes, dance out of town <laughs> with him, doing like a shoulder shuffle. Hell yeah. And all the rats are gone. So the Pied Piper comes back. He's like, yeah, I got rid of those rats, man. <laughs> you got them $5 foot longs. And uh, the royalty are like, uh, we have banned subways uh, from our kingdom because we are a tyrannical society that does not allow subway within our walls and you need to get your country elvish ass and your thick hog legs that you roll out of fucking town because we're not paying you shit and the pied piper's like all right you i didn't want to do this man but you made me do it and he pulls out his pipe again goes in the middle of town pulls out his pipe starts playing that flute suddenly all the kids they're like what's that music they all go to the Pied Piper, just like the rats did. And he marches all the kids out of town to this opening in a mountain. They all go into the opening. None of the kids are seen again. Subway, eat fresh. They should have fucking given him some $5 fucking footlongs, but they didn't. That's the story of the Pied Piper of Hammerlin. Good job. The creepiest images to me are the doctored old photos of Slenderman. Oh, yeah. Those are pretty good. Those are pretty good. So, like, the spider is the best video, but then there's all these... They literally look like they could have been from our childhood, like from the 80s, from the 90s, like these pictures of kids on playgrounds. And then there will be this image of Slenderman inserted into these photos that are, like, way back in the back. Um, I think actually one of those photos is what that original post was, like, inserted into a photo. They do pose the question of, is he actually there to steal these children? Or is he their guardian angel? In the arms of the angel, so that's sort of what these girls are looking at. Is like they want to escape to him because they think that he's good. On a side note, it's about this time where I've noticed that Morgan's mom is wearing Dolce & Gabbana glasses. Yeah, yeah, when she's in the car. Because hmm, she likes to... You may not think she's super stylish when you first see her, but she's out there balling with her Dolce & Gabbana's. Next, we go to an internet search of Anissa. They start looking at Anissa's, I don't know if it's her YouTube page. It's things that she's liked and commented on. And they actually show a few of these videos and her actual comments. I'll just say a few that I got, and I'm sure you have more as well. But there's one where she takes a psychopath test. And she says, Officer, cuff me. I got the right answer. Because it's like, if you answer this, if you can get this riddle, then you're a psychopath. Right. There's a sociopath one that she takes and then she posts that with the comment, they're coming to take me away, ha ha. So she's like playing around with these, like, almost making it cool to be she also crazy. She also watches the videos of like a bunny eating raspberries 
Which is something that's fucking cute, but it does look like blood. That. Yeah, I've seen that video. A cat kills killing a mouse, <laughs> and she comments on how she loves how the cat beats the mouse to death. There's a well that's beached, and she types "poor baby." Yeah, there's a creepy video with like an animated face talking about some story about a baby. I can't remember what the video is, but then she posts, "Why did the baby cross the road? Because it was strapped to my bumper." <laughs> There's some doomsday prepper stuff. There's some self-defense stuff talking about how you can take your keys between your hands and stab like in soft spots on someone, which is like a self-defense thing. Like you're trained. If you have nothing, you can use your keys as a weapon. But obviously she was looking at like how to hurt someone. The only reason to bring up Anissa's mom, because we mostly talked to her dad, is just to say that Anissa describes her as being separated from the family and always up in her room on her iPad. That is not the way her dad told that story. No. So there seems to be a little bit of a difference in perception on how much she was actually alone on that computer and separated from her family. Her dad, I feel like, is in a little bit of denial Huh. Or just sort of trying to justify that there wasn't anything else he could have done. But her mom seems to come in and say around the time we're talking to this teacher that she actually was up there a lot yeah. and alone a lot. The judge has granted a touch contact with the parents twice a month. Yes, which is very good, I think, for the development of the children because they are still children, right? Like this is six months after they're still 12, maybe 13 at this point. Um, so he does start to get to see them. There's also a talk at this point. I know I feel like we are kind of all over the place a little bit, but there is a bit about Slenderman being bullied, which kind of does tie into like why Anissa may have been so obsessed with him, particularly because she was going to this teacher crying and she felt she had no friends and she was being picked on all the time. There is this whole like backstory of Slenderman where he was like a bullied child who then grew up to like, I guess, like kill the bad kids and protect the bullied kids. Yeah. Which just is like fantasy of trying to make it your own. I think it's hard to really delve into. I think that's a challenge that the director uh, Brodsky was dealing with. Yeah. Is that this thing, the memeness of the Slender Man is so copied and copied that like getting into the true details of what it is, it's very hard because it's often whatever someone makes of it and what becomes popular after that. Jason from the Friday the 13th movies it has that same story. Yeah. But that's a much more solid account because you have films that verify what he's been through. Mm -hmm. The Slender Man is just so blurry out in the pop culture. The only thing that's really solid about Slender Man is how he looks. Yeah, that is very, very solid. There's a phone call where Anissa calls her dad because they're going to go see her the next day or the courts the next day. And they're talking about, you know, how is she doing? And it's her dad, her friend who used to be in jail with the girls right. or in juvenile detention with the girls. And then her friend from childhood who seemed to be a little bit younger. Yeah, a few years younger. Yeah. And... Anissa is just, it's like she's hyper. Yeah. It's like she's had a ton of sugar or caffeine. I mean, I'm sure she's jazzed to be on the phone with people that she loves, but they almost can't have like a coherent conversation with her because she's just. She's very manic. Yeah. Yeah. Very childlike. I mean, because she's a fucking child, but this call just reminds you of what is at stake here and what is being lost here. Yeah. There's this comment where she's saying to her friend, like, I'm so excited to see you in court tomorrow. Oh, and Anissa said, you might see me smile at you. And her friend goes, okay. Just yeah. don't smile too much. One minute remaining. Because there's still this like disconnect where even this girl who's a few years younger than her seems to understand the weight of the situation more than she does. I am sitting on the floor and I'm spinning and putting my feet up in the air and 
using my hand as a third wheel kind of thing. And then I'm like. But we see Morgan walking into court. She's got a fucking rad Batman shirt. I love that shirt. They get to wear still pretty cool clothes. Like they still get to have their own little personalities inside this place. At this point in the court footage, we don't see their faces. They're making a point not to show the faces. Yeah, they said until they determine whether or not they're going to be tried as adults, the judge wouldn't let them record their face. Right. The younger friend you were talking about of Anissa, she's, she talks about how she didn't hear much of Slenderman from yeah. Anissa directly. But she did say that Anissa scared very easily and that Anissa would lie about having friends, which is very sad. And then she said, and this kid seems a little too wise for her age. She goes, you know, some kids can't help but follow what they see and what they hear. And Anissa was essentially a follower. I think some kids are just big believers. They can't help but believe everything they hear. And then we come back to the day. So, yeah, Skateland. That's Who right. called it that? Someone, Someone called it that. Someone said it like that, yeah. Skateland. And it's like no one's saying Slenderman. No. <laughs> I, wanted the, I wanted someone to say Slenderman so let's, bad. Hey, let's go to the woods. It's uh, Slenderman's uh, mansion. <laughs> Slenderman. So, yeah, so we're back with, with Morgan's mother. And, again, she's saying, and we're seeing these photos. They were just being girls. They were having fun. They were skating. They were laughing. They were partying. I mean, as much as you do when you're 12 at the skating rink. And they went back home and they went down into the basement, laying on their iPads. This goes back to the girls describing what happened. Morgan, very calm in this part of the interrogation. Mm -hmm. Weirdly confident, I feel like, as well. But the story basically is they went to the park. They were at Morgan's mom's house. The next day. They asked mom... Can we go to the park? Mom's like, of course, your children. Children like parks. One of them grab a knife from Morgan's kitchen. They originally went to the bathroom of a local park. Well, there's like three times they were going to kill her. Apparently, they were going to kill her in the basement, but then they decided they wanted to give her one more morning. That really hit me hard when I think it was Morgan said, I wanted to give her at least one more morning. And so then they got up, had breakfast, went to the park. They went to a bathroom because Anissa had this idea that it would be obviously easier to kill her in a bathroom because the blood could go down a drain and no one would see her for a while. They said that they tried bashing her head. Well, yeah, so apparently Anissa said to her first, hey, Bella, why don't you go to sleep right now? Sit here and go to sleep. Close your eyes. And Bella was like, I'm, I can't go to sleep right now. And so Anissa, like, hit her on the head and her head hit the wall, but she didn't pass out. And then she starts screaming and Anissa in the interrogation says, I don't like screaming. That's one thing I can't handle. I don't like screaming. That's one thing I can't handle. Yeah. Morgan hands Anissa the knife, and but Morgan begins freaking out about the killing, says Anissa. So Anissa, like, in this moment, you know Bella's like, what the hell? Or sorry, Peyton is like, what is going on? Because at this point, Anissa's like comforting Morgan, saying like, everything's going to be okay. We just have to do this. Like, we just need to do this. Then we cut again to Morgan's mom yeah. talking about how... Morgan believed in Santa Claus until she was 11. But usually other kids ruin that. Yeah, other kids tell you. There were too many overhead slow shots. They started just like, they just wanted to show you like from above looking down, like going down the street of this town. And it just was a little heavy handed to me. Yes, yes. A lot of that. We see an interesting footage of uh, Anissa's dad and her little brother dressed in his little scout outfit. And he is staring at his iPad. And the dad's just like, all right, when that life is over, you got to get off that iPad. And the kid's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. So <laughs> it, it's hard to get those iPads away from the kids, man. We also um, cut right now again to the courtroom, and there's a psychologist talking about Anissa. So this is when we find out Anissa's diagnosis. The psychologist that's met with her says that she's a she has um, schizotype, schizotype A. I'm not sure how to say that exactly. I wrote everything phonetically. But basically what that means is that she has a diminished ability to determine what is real or not. And normally in people, this man manifests itself as someone who is fanatically religious or who is like a conspiracy theorist. So we've probably all known somebody who had these tendencies, but her tendencies were focused on Slenderman. It is definitely noted here that she is not a psychopath or a sociopath. No. But she does have this inability to tell real from fiction. We cut back to the the, the act now. It probably uh, translates a little better in the movie than we make it translate, but it's a little frustrating because we're trying to go through it as best we can. And it's, I feel like it's kind of annoying. Yeah, so... Don't hate us, guys. Watch this movie and <laughs> back, you'll understand. Back to the back to the stabbing. Yeah, they're in the bathroom and they say, okay, well, this isn't working. Let's play hide and seek. They go into the woods. I can't remember who said this, but I wanted to point this out. I think it was Anissa because she seemed to be the one who tried to phrase things as though she were writing these creepypastas. She said that... Lioness is chasing down a zebra. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, they pull Peyton into the woods. Morgan sat on Peyton. Morgan got on top of Peyton's legs. She sat on her legs, and then she got her face real close to Peyton and whispered in her ear, I'm so sorry, and then started stabbing her. What she apparently suffers from is a schizophrenia unspecified and an oppositional defiant disorder. Yeah, only 1% of the population has schizophrenia. The patients will lose track of reality, and if untreated, they can experience a lot of visual hallucinations. And that's in combination with delusions. Yes, and obviously she was untreated because until right now, we didn't know that's what was happening. Morgan has recalled having hallucinations as young as three. She would see things and she would feel as though she was being bitten and her hair was being pulled. Yeah. But she also does describe these hallucinations as being friendly. So there's it's kind of all over the place, but that also goes into Slender Man. He's just, a bad guy, but he's going to be nice to her maybe. It just sounds like a kid's imagination. I could see how you get a little confused. Another psychologist, I believe, on the stand at this point saying that Morgan believes in unicorns and Pegasus. She says that she once stayed up all night talking to Snape from Harry Potter. She sees colors. One of the guys actually said, and they're kind of going back and forth between detectives and psychologists at this point, that she wasn't really concerned about being in jail for a very long time because she would just use Vulcan mind control. Yeah, she was obsessed with Spock, too. Around this time, we meet the most broken person in this movie. Morgan's dad, Matt. Yeah. Matt also has schizophrenia. They kept that fact that he had schizophrenia from Morgan. Yeah. And Matt thinks that Morgan was attached to her hallucinations, didn't want to lose them, and would have uh, been defiant against any treatment. 
they go through all these little paper mundane objects that Morgan made out of paper. Yeah, she was making a dollhouse basically out of paper. She didn't have any scissors. So she was tearing all these things and drawing to make a dollhouse. Morgan says that she takes turns with the TV, but she's alone in her cell. I guess they can watch TV, but she doesn't have a celly. Yeah, she's like, who? it depends on whose turn it is on what we get to watch, but she's alone. Matt talks about how he's seeing light and shape patterns, and he says, it's just normal to me, and I know the devil's not in the back seat but it looks like the fucking devil is in the back seat yeah and his whole point was he can tell himself it's not real but it doesn't mean it's not going to scare the fuck out of him when he's seeing these things logically he knows but the terror can be real we see a lot of drawings of slender man in morgan's bedroom it seems like morgan if channeled correctly could have been a true creative force here. absolutely mutilated barbies also yeah are in her room morgan is in court looking at samples of her own slender man drawings obviously she didn't learn about slender man until a few right. years before this happened she Anissa, didn't right well morgan too she didn't grow up reading about slender man but she has been seeing a man since she was at the age of three hmm. so you know earlier she talks about the man and then obviously this is like a whole Slender Man thing that has happened. And I almost wonder like if she's been having an hallucination of a man sort of following her since as far as she back as she can remember, then when she learned about Slender Man, it's almost like she possibly tried to tie that into this hallucination that she already had, which gives it a lot more gravity, right? Like to her, then this is someone who's been with her her whole life. It also explains her referring to him as the man sometimes. And her penchant for delusions. She has a few issues. It's explained that schizophrenia it's often not dangerous, but demanding delusions and lack of treatment can have very bad results. It's something that you, it's a terrible affliction and it's something that has to be, you have to be on top of it. Yeah, her dad, you know, is on top of it and he's managed it and obviously he still sees things and has these hallucinations. There's this point where I just started crying watching her parents because they say at the very beginning when her mom is being interviewed that Morgan was not planned. Yeah. Morgan was an accident or a surprise. She uses the word surprise, not accident, but she didn't plan to have this child, right? She does have two children at this point. They did have a child after Morgan as well, but she didn't plan on having a kid. And it just like hit me in the guts at this moment, watching this couple that I believe the reason she didn't plan to have Morgan is because she didn't plan to have children with this man. She loves this man. Yeah. And she supports this man and is there for him and will be there for him. But I don't think it was ever in the plan for them to actually have children because she had to know this was a possibility. Yeah. And then I don't want to sound insensitive at all, but I don't understand why when they started noticing these things in Morgan when she was very little, these not reacting normally to something, right? Not having these emotions that you would expect from a child. Why didn't they take her to see someone? I know you don't want to believe that something's wrong with your kid. It's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. The emotionality, the connection. It's like being too close to the sun. All you see is the glare. It just breaks my heart because you know, and you know this happens every day, all the time to kids. There's something wrong and you just don't, you can't see it because you're too close or you don't want to believe it or you think, oh, it's not a big deal or they're going to grow out of it. And if you would just take the time to get them the help, they might be okay or maybe they'll still be okay, but they could be better. Yeah. Or at least have the right tools to deal with the things when stuff happens. Morgan has asked why why she went through with this. Uh, and she had stated that she didn't want to make Anissa mad. It's hard enough to make friends. And Anissa confesses. She said, a part of me wanted her to die and another part didn't 
Yeah. And they tell Peyton after they stab her to lay down and be quiet. You will lose blood slower. We will go and get help. Yeah, but of course they were not getting help at all. Detective Thomas Casey, he's the detective that's been interviewing these kids. He acknowledges that he did not allow for contact or permission from the parents. He was exclusively with Anissa. I believe there was a woman with Morgan, but they might have switched back and forth. But yeah, and they even say like, you didn't want the parents to be there. And he's like, no, they were not going to be there. Did you let her call? No, she didn't have a phone call. They just took these girls into custody and started interviewing them without parental consent. Before they're found, they're walking like they're going to Nicolette Park. And Anissa said that she wanted to give up and call her mom. And Morgan said that she called out to Slenderman to please help them. And, but nothing happened. When the cop found them, Anissa said that she was scared. And then we cut to the detective asking Anissa, do you think this is all Morgan's fault? And she said something along the lines of, I don't think any of this would happen if I hadn't showed Morgan Slenderman. Morgan asks, Are you going to put me in prison and I'm going to rot and die? I don't, well, I don't think that you're going to prison. And I don't think you're going to rot and die either. Um, we probably got to have somebody talk to you and try to figure out what the best circumstances. And that's when the detective's uh, phone goes off. A very cheery ringtone. Jesus. Put it on silent. I know. Uh, Anissa's dad said that it's so hard to balance this life. It just wears on you. And he's just trying to keep what's left of his family. He and Anissa's mother divorced some time ago, but he's just trying to keep what's left balanced. She has younger siblings. Stable, yes. And the parents, though they're separated do seem to be there for each other. We were talking about this after the movie was over. You'd almost have to be, even if you're not together anymore and you don't want to be together anymore. There is no other person in this entire world that understands exactly the way that you feel if you are also the parent of this child. So that's obviously going to bring you closer. By the time we get to the judge's ruling, Peyton is fully physically recovered, thankfully. Yes. Though she no doubt will be dealing with the trauma from this for the rest of her life. Absolutely. Now, the judge, you can easily get mad at the judge at this part for what the result is. We'll just go ahead and say that they rule to try them as adults. Yeah, he basically says that he felt like he had to because it's not as though they accidentally almost killed her. They planned to kill her. For a long period of time. Yeah. That's the problem when you put these laws on is that any decent judge has to follow the law as set forth as it is laid out and based on all the evidence that he has he had really no choice as it was his job to make this ruling in this way what you do is you just take it off the fucking books to not charge 12 year olds as adults why do we have these laws and then we make these exceptions based on how we emotionally react to something. Mm -hmm. I just personally don't believe you should be charging kids as an adult. There are children who have done terrible, terrible, terrible things. Just fucking look at history. Look at other cases, you know, and maybe that is part of what informed some of this decision. We don't really know. I mean, we do know that there have been children 
throughout history who have cold blood murdered other people. It's very rare, but it has happened. We go through a montage of fan art of these girls because now they're... Oh, yeah, they're part of it. They're wrapped up in this Slender Man meme culture. And there's one picture that was actually pretty fucking cool. And I'll try try to find it and post it when the episodes are coming up. It looks uh, like a picture from a fairy tale book talking about like it being sort of a grim fairy tale situation. It, It looks like something like that. It's... It's pretty cool. We get some in words that say the girls are to be tried in 2017 and that Morgan is voluntarily taking antipsychotics in the woods where Peyton has been stabbed have been cleared out. I'm not sure if they were cleared out because of that or somebody's just developing. It wasn't clear. It looks like they were building a neighborhood there in another overhead shot of the space. So I'm pretty sure it was just developing. So you have a little information, a little update on these kids, right? Well, I didn't write it down. Anissa was charged first. Her sentence was that she was to be in a mental hospital being treated uh, for, I believe, 25 years. Morgan's is more than 25. Morgan's is more? Okay. And this is his 25. I believe Morgan's was either 45 or 65 years. But they were sentenced to mental hospitals. Both of them were, yeah, for treatment for their... Which is as glib as it may sound, might be the best place for them. True. It's better than like being transferred into a prison, I think. I don't know. I mean, I just did a quick search because as soon as we finished the movie, I just had to know. And I didn't write it down because I was just I was just clicking on things. But I, I did also see that because we know Morgan was voluntarily taking medis- medication for her schizophrenia, when she was given her sentence, she did stand up in front of the court and cried real tears and made a genuine apology to Peyton. And that's just another thing to show you that her treatment is working. This is good. She's getting what she needs where she is, hopefully. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that movie. Um, oh, man. Beware the Slender Man by Irene Brodsky. There's a movie that just came out about this whole thing. I haven't seen it. I, I heard, don't know if I want to see it. I heard. I have not heard any good things about no, it. No, me neither. I wanted to kind of go back and revisit the actual story again. Yeah, we're not doing ads for the new Slender Man movie. No. But we do have another ad. <laughs> this is a great feel-good story. What a plot. The guy's fighting for his life. Fighting. But here's the twist. He has to lose. He has to. And he loses. Big time. And then, despite the odds... He keeps it off. Over 200 pounds. For 15 years. Bravo. Take a bow, Jared. Congrats. That a boy, Jared. Congrats, Jared, on keeping it off with the help of Subway Fresh Fit Meals. A simple way to enjoy eating better. Subway. Eat fresh. Uh, bye-bye, burgers. <laughs> Thank you, Subway, for preemptively sponsoring... This episode of the documentaries Subway eat fresh. Uh, now, Angela, we don't we don't rate on a Herzog. Oh no, we do rate. <laughs> we do rate on a Herzog rating scale. You changed the whole situation for me. It's stars that we don't rate in. You know, now fuck some stars. Stars are kings that will not pay the Pied Piper and five dollar footlongs. A star bullshit. Herzog bullshit pays the Pied Piper. And endless lifetime supplies of $5 footlongs from Subway Eat Fresh. Subway Eat Fresh. You're going to give this five Hertzogs. I'm going to give this five Hertzogs. And we are going to combine them like those delicious meats and vegetables on a Subway sandwich that come together to form an artistic sandwich footlong love. Was that clumsy enough for you? Sure. For best out of 10 Hertzogs. Angela, what did you think of this film? 
Beware the Slender Man by Irene Taylor Brodsky. Just quickly before I get into this, I actually think that Herzog would just make a documentary about the rats in the town and how it was affecting everyone. This one is heavy. I mentioned at the beginning that I have had weird dreams since we watched it. That is true. I don't know if it's related. We consume a lot of creepy stuff generally anyway. Obviously, we're into true crime and I like watching scary stuff. But this one really hit me really hard, sort of because of what I was talking about earlier, where I feel like had these girls gotten help earlier, none of this would have had to happen. But again, that's such a layered, difficult conversation to have. And there's no blame of these parents who truly do seem to have been trying to do the best that they possibly could. Speaking to just the film making itself, it was a little clumsy for me. I understand sort of a flashback situation, like here we are in court, but let's go back and talk about other things. But it just it just felt like it was all over the place, as evidenced by us trying to explain this in the order that it happened in the movie. There were a lot of, again, overhead shots that I didn't dig. I did like the way that they cut in all the Slenderman stuff. It might have been more than we needed, but it was fine. There was a really cool animation about the Pied Piper that looked like something I would have watched when I was very little on PBS. It probably, I think it did come from something. It wasn't like specially for the- No, no, no. But so they found that and actually like dropped it in, which was kind of cool. There were so many people in this movie. There were all these people doing these Skype interviews in addition to videos, in addition to court, in addition to everything. I know it's a lot of material to take in, but I just, I don't know. I feel like- The editing was not super awesome. But I think this is a good documentary and I think people should watch it. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it three Herzogs. I think uh, it it was a a little more seamless than we were making it out to be. Sure. It was definitely awkward us going back and forth. My first initial complaint after taking in the whole movie, it's too long. It's just under two hours. I know uh, the director was trying to make a meme culture point. Yeah. By showing all of this footage and stuff. But at a certain point, it's kind of like we get it. And truly, as far as Slenderman itself in this movie, because there is no real Slenderman, it doesn't really go that far. Yeah. There's only so far you can go with Slenderman. It is kind of fascinating. You do want to know more, but you're going to hit a wall mm-hmm. pretty quick. So the interest, the interesting part of it are these kids themselves. And yes, they do literalize Slenderman enough to stab a little girl, which it's fucked up. So that's why Slenderman is obviously a part of it. Pardon me, Slenderman. I like the parts that focus on that and the way she did cut the interviews. A lot of footage, a surprising amount of footage of these kids being interviewed by detectives, some courtroom stuff. That stuff is legitimately fascinating, but it was fucking long in the tooth. Similar to you, I didn't like the intros or those overhead shots. Maybe a little too fancy for its own good. Mm -hmm. And maybe if Brodsky had waited one more year, she might have gotten a bit more finality to it. But I can understand that need to jump in on it. When you first heard this story, it's like, oh, it's only a matter of time before a documentary is made about it. So I guess that's why she jumped right on it. But just waiting one more year, you would have gotten sentencing at the end of this movie. There was ways in which it was very interesting, very tragic, very sad. I did connect with characters in it. And there was plenty of times in the movie where I was just tired. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this a 2.75. You take your three. I take my 2.75. Combine them. 
That makes it 5.75 out of 10 Herzogs for Beware the Slender Man by Irene Taylor Brodsky. You can follow us on social media at Documenteers. Also, you can email us, documenteerspodcast at gmail.com. We'll take your suggestions. We'd love to hear from you in any capacity. Uh, You can yell at me personally if you want. (laughs) I say things wrong all the time, so... Believe me, I know that before you send me anything that I probably got something wrong or pronounced something wrong. Also, and this is so important, go into iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, leave five stars and a review. The ones that have done that are our heroes. They are mm-hmm. the shit. And if you want to graduate from being cool to the shit, go on to iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, leave five stars and a brief review. That is like gold to us. We can't stress enough how grateful we are when the listeners of our show do that in any platform you know itunes is definitely important because so many podcasts run through in the algorithm that's how that algorithm works but if you give us five stars on stitcher and places like that that sure as hell wouldn't hurt either and we appreciate everyone yeah if you want to join the facebook group you can give us reviews on there as well and you can share it with people instagram and facebook that's awesome if one of those posts pop up about a documentary that you're excited to also listen to share it out with your friends maybe they would be interested too yeah totally we all know people who like documentaries Mm -hmm. documentaries they make us think we love documentaries you guys know that and we love you but this movie we just thought was okay so yeah that's this movie beware the slender man by irene taylor brodsky hbo original brought to you by subway eat fresh eat fresh eat fresh eat fresh take a bow jared (laughs) And keep on docking. Her mom apparently talked to her about having periods and like she didn't believe her. Yeah, she was like, I don't don't think any of that's true. I don't think I would have believed her either. I mean, it's a little crazy. My mom bought me a book though. Or we got a book from the library. So like I knew it was real, but. Did it start off with like Eve handed Adam an apple? No. He bit it. No. That's the way, no, no, no. That's the way that but talk should look. start. Something smells good. Lunch is almost ready, Jared. Hey, John. What's new today? I'm glad you asked, Mr. Fogel. Right now we've got tasty new sauces for our low fat sandwiches, like the tangy sweet onion sauce on the chicken teriyaki. It's delicious and it's just six grams of fat. Jared. Jared, Jared. Jared. Wake up. Same dream. Same dream. Is she good? Subway, eat fresh.